Welcome to Albinism Talk with Marilyn, with your host, Marilyn Green. Before I introduce our guest in the room, please follow Yell for Change on all social media platforms and please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Without further ado, we have two guests in the room at this hour and at this moment. They're all the way from the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the beautiful Shida and Kaden. Hi guys. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Albinism Talk with Marvelyn. Hello. Hi. <laughs> ah, bless your comments. So please, Kaden, introduce yourself so the so the world can know who you are. Um, what's your name? Kaden. And how do you? Eight years old. Amazing. And Sheeta, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Sheeta Bumley. Um, I actually have two children. And but Caden is the the one this albino, and I do live in the United States, and I'm 35. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> quick introduce introduction. That was fastest. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to know that. So, all right, so let's get into it now because you said you have two children, yeah, and one came out. One came out with albinism, which is Caden. So the question I'm going to ask you is, when she was born, what was your first reaction when you see her with blonde hair and her skin would just look different? What was your experience like? So that's actually funny because my doctor stopped, actually said to me as I pushed, when when she first came out was like oh she has blonde hair and i'm actually looking and i'm like oh that's weird but her dad actually has blonde in her hair and so when we we asked the doctor was she albino the doctor said no she took after her dad because her dad has blonde and gold in his hair and he's a little lighter so mm -hmm. it wasn't until she was around six months that we found out that she was albino oh wow because even her pediatrician no one knew oh wow mm -hmm. So you found out she had albinism six months later. So they never told you at the beginning. So they didn't know if her hair color was blonde or her skin. So her dad is like a light, a light skin. And yeah. her dad has blonde in his hair, red in his hair, and like a goldish blonde. So mm -hmm. the doctor who delivered her said she took after her dad. And mm -hmm. when I took her to her first pediatrician appointment, they they didn't say she was albino either. It literally took her emergency room appointment for doctors who say something. And I actually switched pediatricians when that happened because I'm like, you can't be a good pediatrician if you didn't, couldn't even tell. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, well, oh, wow. So that is interesting though. So yeah. what are the challenges you faced with Caden? Like when she was born, what challenges did you face? We didn't face any challenges when she was born. I think the only thing that has been, and I has, I won't say it's been a challenge, it has been a little difficult, is her vision problems. 
She mm-hmm. started wearing glasses around six and a half, seven months. So she's been wearing mm-hmm. them up until now. Um, and she did have surgery on her eyes a few years back that has corrected her because her eyes crossed. So that's what it was um, correcting. So I think that's the only, I would say that. And then I think the only challenge I really get is the stairs. Wow. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about that. (laughs) I was still asking you. So with that, now you brought that up and I'm glad that you mentioned that. So do you get the stairs from internal or external um, I will say since she's gotten older, it hasn't been as bad. When she was younger, I would say two and under, mm-hmm. it had, it was problematic because I've had people argue with me about her. I've okay. had, yes, I had one person follow me around the store and I I was, and I asked her, I'm like, can I help you? She was like, oh, she's beautiful. I said, thank you. And then she kept following me. So when I said something to her, she was like, well, are you sure she's George? Should I call security? And I'm like, call security? Call security? Because she thought I stole her. And I told her to go ahead and call security. I said, because if the security harasses me, I'm going to sue you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, wow. I think I've had about maybe three or four incidents. But that's probably the worst it's gotten when she threatens oh to go. Oh my god! Oh wow! So because of the, I think because of the fact that of the the two tones of skin, so she probably think, okay, this girl must be some baby snatcher or something. But <laughs> with all high insights, it's wow. Sometimes, yeah, and um, I feel like that's why. education is key because again I didn't know about albinism before I had her but I wasn't rude enough to say that to people like oh did you kidnap a child so Mm -hmm. I don't and then it doesn't help that we don't look alike even but she looks just like her dad so that's that I think to me also became an issue because they're like okay you don't look alike and then you're two different complexions Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Exactly. Who cares? She's my daughter. Yeah, so. you gave birth to her. Yes. And she gives birth to her. And obviously, I can tell she loves her daddy. She's a daddy's girl. So, um, so now you know that, you know, you've got a child with albinism. And, it, you know, on one of the things that I got to learn about this condition is that anybody... I mean, anybody and everybody is a carrier of the albinism gene. Yeah. And it's a, it's something that people need to learn. And as you said about educational side of things, people need to know that why ridicule somebody or why make a person feel dehumanized or ostracized of something that you're all carriers of? Because it may not happen now, but three four five generations down the line you know you could have a family member that will probably be born this way and for me 
I am the only pa- I'm the only child for my parents, but I'm the also the only one in my family that has albinism. And it, I, my journey with this, it's something, when I was Caden's age, I, you know, I used to question myself, like, why, why am I made this way? I look, I'm, I'm like, mama or my grandma, i like, I want to look like you. And back home in Jamaica, like, they really t- took care of my skin. And they were like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're beautiful, quote unquote. And just, you know, they just made me feel that support and whatnot. So, I mean, it's just that some people don't have knowledge of it and some people do. So maybe in your scenario, the person that followed you around didn't know or, or, or are not aware of albinism. So I'm so sorry that you actually went through that experience. It's horrible to know that people can, you know, can be so quick to assume something. I feel like she was also older so i feel like that played a part in it because Mm -hmm. as i stated i haven't really went through anything like that since before katie was two she's eight now yeah and so i get a lot of oh she's pretty she's beautiful but i don't get any of is she your child or anything like that so Mm -hmm. i i will say this i will say that i'm not upset about what happened. I feel like when you have so a child, you yeah, you I feel like when you have a child is special and unique as her. It doesn't listen, matter. She's my niece. She's my niece. Out, <laughs> you listen. If there ever a time I'll come to the United States, I'm coming to see Caden. <laughs> so I would. So I would just say that. So basically. I do believe education is key, but then also it does play a factor in people, I believe, is being respectful because the way yes. she came off was disrespectful. Yeah, so I didn't, I, yeah, that's not cool. That's not cool um, for somebody to really do that. I mean, I've never really experienced that with my mom, but. But I, can, I can imagine, you know, Jamaican people, sometimes they don't have no filter sometimes. But I'm going to ask you, I'm going to go to the, to the school side of things now with Kaden. Yeah. Is there uh, any special accommodations put in place for her in school? There is special accommodations because of her vision. Yes. So she gets to sit closer to the teacher or the board. Yes. Um, she does get special accommodations and more time with testing and things like that. Um, so the school has been very supportive. And actually, when I first had her, my because um, my, my son is eight years older, actually one of the counselors at his school had albinism. So she definitely talked to me and helped me as well. So I have not had a problem with the school system at all with that. Oh my God, that's amazing because do you know what really concerned me is that where a child with albinism goes through, you know, outside worlds and you know, kids can be very mean yeah. and savage too, you know? So um, the question... I say, yeah. I need to cut you off. I will say, so okay. I haven't had an issue with the school with it. The only, uh, she has come home several times 
saying she's got an arguments with her friends because they think she's Caucasian and she has to explain mm-hmm. to them that she's not. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing we've had to deal with in school, the kids her age not understanding that it's albinism instead of they think she's Caucasian. Blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I, I really, really get that. You know, I, I I actually faced that very same, similar situation. People do class me as mixed race as well. Yeah. And some people ask me if I was with my parents were white, you know. But I will tell you this, when I was 12 years old, that's when I got to find out I had albinism. I knew my sight, I knew something was different about me. But when I came to the UK and I went to school, and they sat me down, the special teacher came to me and explained to me, you have albinism and why you have to sit in front of the class. I hated that, I'm not gonna lie. I hated it, but it was something to really help me to, to do my work effectively. And um, I know exactly what Kader's going through, obviously. You know, kids are gonna question her race and identity, and that is a crossover point for her as well. So I do understand that people are gonna ask questions and people are gonna say, "Oh, um, is she white? Is she adopted?" You know, them kind of questions that they will probably ask about Caden. But she knows who her parents are and. And that's the main thing that she knows who, who her mom and dad, and she knows she's got a loving family and loving people that love and support her. And the question I want to ask you, Sheena, is this. Um, as a mother, how how do you feel about having Caden as a person with albinism? And it's very glad that you asked me that question because Mm -hmm. going back to when we found out she had albinism, we took her to a geneticist and Mm -hmm. they said me and my husband both carried the trait. And because I had siblings, they said, oh, well, if you get pregnant again, it's a chance you can have another albino child or that your sisters can, they want to get tested. And we both said the same thing. It doesn't matter. It's not a dis. It, it doesn't matter just because you have albinism. It doesn't matter. So I feel like I don't feel any different. I have two children. I don't feel any different because she has albinism than I do about my other son. Mm-hmm. So to me, it doesn't make me a difference. Yeah. And the reason why I ask you this question is because in Africa, I done a talk, the very first albinism talk, two weeks ago. And one of the listeners was saying in this Zoom talk, as we speak, that the parents hide their children. They hide their children because of the stigma in the community. And it's like, it's like they isolate their children. And I was so, oh man, she, you don't understand. How that made me feel, it, it hurt. It hurt. So I will say this. I actually know a, several people who have traveled to Africa on a regular. And yeah. I expressed to them that I wanted to travel to Africa. Mm-hmm. And they did express to me 
how some of the some of the people there feel about people that are albino. Yeah. So yeah. me and my husband did make the decision that if we were to go to Africa at this point in time, that we would not take our children, well, her, because she's younger, because of that. Because we will be in another country and we wouldn't, it's, it'd be different from the United States. So we mm-hmm. did express that we wouldn't do that. Now, if she gets older and she wants to do that, that's fine. So, but I have heard that in some cultures there, they do think they have magical and special powers. And yes, I've also, the yes, and I've also read online that some they sometimes they do kill them because of they think they have magical powers. So I yes. personally just wouldn't feel safe taking her there. Mm-hmm. I that's understandable because um lately there has been a few attacks. There was one happened in May. Oh God, I, I will bring this up. And now you mentioned the myths. Now we can talk about this. There was a two-year-old baby in Zambia that had her arm amputated. Oh, welcome, Taz. Sunny will see you, sis. Welcome. Um, she had her hand amputated by two people and they pretended that they were cops. So can you imagine... They pretended to be an officer of the law, and they um, and they basically while the child was sleeping, they chop off the girl's hand. So, and then another situation happened again in the same Zambia last month when it was um, Albinism Awareness Month. Um, they did the same thing, but the the father of the son they caught they caught them they catch him at caught him in time but because of the severity of the boy's arm they had no choice but to amputate the arm so we so these things are still going on in this day and age and i'm not gonna lie to you i thought that you know this thing wasn't real until i I seen the videos i seen the, the the gravity of it and it, it, it really just, I'm I'm disturbed by that, Sheila. I'm really disturbed by the fact that how can you take an innocent baby, a person that can't fight, you know, you chop their hand off. That makes you a coward. Absolutely a coward. It does, and I personally do not support anything that has a problem of albinism I mm-hmm. actually used to take my son to the circus all the time here in the states and mm-hmm. we found, I found out a couple years ago that mm-hmm. the circus years and years and years ago they would kidnap children that were albino and put them in their freak shop and they, the circus had, and about a month later I actually found out the circus was having their last show and I was so excited. I usually would have took my kids and I could have took her. But when I found that out, I refused to do it. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, there was an article about that, about the two brothers that yeah. had Albertson and they took it, they made them free shows. And obviously, they were, they were adopted from their mother. And they believed that the mother was dead or something like that. When I read that article, I was thinking, oh my gosh. And they were called all kind of names, like freak of nature, 
Um, oh God, I can't remember. There's so much names that they were called, but it's important that, you know, people need to be educated about albinism and it's not what it is. So I get it that, you know, people don't want to go to like circuses and stuff like that. I've, I've never been to one, so I wouldn't know what it is to go to a circus. I've been to like fun fairs and theme parks and everything, but to go to a circus, nah. And to even find out about that as well, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, Mm-mm, not interested in it either. Yeah. And I think to me, be, well, because of the awareness, we've made it, I've made it a point since Kaden was a baby to, I, I've made it a point to let her know that she was African American and we were her parents and that she's beautiful and she's no different from anyone else because. There's so, in America, there's so many people right now, well, younger kids that are being bullied or teased and they're committing suicide or anything like that. I did not want that to be an issue for my daughter. So I, so I made sure she knew since day one, you're beautiful, you're, you're special, you're important. Like albinism is no different from anything else. And I, just like she, her and her friends have gotten into arguments she knows that she is african-american and her parents are black and she's black so to me i mean i can't raise awareness for everyone but in my household as long as my child knows that is the most important thing and even when i had her my son was turning eight and i was talking to her, her dad something about her being albino and my son didn't know what it was he thought we were calling her a bad name and he was like don't talk about my sister that way and we when we explained to him what it was he understood them mm-hmm. so i've even i mean even though my family knew i have only had to explain this to my kids but she's not treated any differently than anyone else yeah and i'm glad you've mentioned that you know, because al- albino or any in al- albino is a word that's descriptive, and not only a person with albinism can have this condition, plants can have it, and animals can have it. So, yeah. and and one of the things that some people may take offense, if, especially in the albinism community, some people may take offense to them calling referring them as albino or you know and that's one of the reasons why i i would say a pwa you know person of albinism or people of albinism because it's more appropriate you know because when you it's like i i, I want to put it this way like okay somebody was born with down syndrome for example oh the person's like oh she's a down syndrome girl like or oh, a down syndrome boy you know so yeah. i just see as somebody labeling Caden or labeling me to say oh she's albino or albino whatever you want to call it but I'm not I am not defined by that I have yeah. a name so when you know and Caden has a name you know Caden you know is beautiful and as you said she's definitely beautiful so whenever a person will be like oh are you albino I'm like I'm a person with albinism I don't I, you know I refer to that as because 
listen, I'm not an animal. I'm a human being, okay? And and that's one of the things is about educating with Yell for Change as well. And why I started this project so much is to even, there's so much kids, no melanin kids are coming after me, you know? And they may be going through the struggle of finding themselves and not and finding a sense of belonging and i just want to really like dedicate encourage kaden and yourself that she does belong you know she has a belonging in this world and i don't want i don't want nobody to make her feel that she doesn't belong she has a place in this world like anybody else you know doctors nurses whoever i don't care who you are people of, of um, color need to understand and educate themselves that albinism is not a curse it's it's a genetics and we are all carriers of it including me right we're all carriers of it i was born to two black parents my parents are of light skin they're not dark skin my mom and dad are light skin but my dad is lighter than my mom the only time he's a bit darker is when he has a tan but my dad is almost like a white man. He's almost red, reddish like me. So you see my dad, you probably think, yeah, he's almost have the condition, close enough to have albinism. And these are things that we need to educate people and understand that, you know, it's a genetic, it's not a disease, it's not something you can't catch with a cold. And and it's not something, it's not, you can't catch a flu with albinism. If you touch my skin now, you're not. It's not contagious. No. So these are things that we need to bring aware and to be respectful and mindful of how you approach a person with albinism because it's it's something that you know parents and not only a person being affected by this condition, but family members, especially mothers. They have to deal with the stigma and the stereotype from people. And we just don't need that. We don't need that. True. So I want to ask Kate, where is she? Is she gone? Yeah. Kate, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, what are, are the kids really mean to you at school when it comes to your albinism? Hmm. Nope. <laughs> That nope was very confident. <laughs> yeah, Kaden has a lot of friends in school. So I don't really think they so much care. Because I, I know the, the conversations she had with friends were in past years. I don't think they so much care. Wow. See, this is, this is, this is what... I, I I have to do these talks with more parents because just because a, a child has albinism, that don't mean they share the same experiences. I could they, maybe do another talk with another parent and they might say, oh, my child's been bullied or my, I, my child feels shy to go out in public and so forth. But as I can see that Kate, I was, I, I know by you know seeing her pictures and stuff on social media i can see that she she has no problems really and she's getting the love and support from you your husband and family members so let me speak of family members now so extended family how how are they 
towards Caden? I mean, they, I haven't, she's more so, if she's with anyone, she's more so with my parents or my sisters, but she has been with other family, but I haven't had any family member say any, like, treat her any different than any other child in our family. Mm -hmm. Like, to them, she's like anyone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say my mother, because she does spend the summers with my mother, she hasn't experienced what I have experienced when she was younger about people, about people coming up to me because she actually takes my, and she actually takes my daughter down south. So, and when I take her down south, I don't have that because a lot of the kids down south are mixed. So people just assume that. So I don't have any stares. I don't have anyone coming up to me with any negative comments or anything. And my mother doesn't either when she takes her. I've only literally experienced that in my state (laughs) when she was younger. So yeah. That is awesome. That's so inspiring. I'm glad that there is some positive that is coming out of this because when the negatives I've heard, like when I first done this, I was so overwhelmed by it. And to hear that you, your parents and your family are, you know, are in support and loving Caden for who she is. And that's a very, very good positive, positives. And that's, this is something that we need to kind of educate other folks that it's okay to have a child that's different. It's okay to, to, to embrace that uniqueness and embrace different because, you know, I, I always look at, um, the rainbow and I use that as a scenario for me as a person with albinism i use it as it look the rainbow is different colors so in this world we're living in there so we are one human race and we have different skin tones just like the rainbow some people are dark skin some people are tan some people are white and then you've got people with albinism you know and medicine man albinism comes in different shades as well so you have people who have blonde like really light silver hair and their skin is even lighter than me so i've seen people with that as well and going to going to school and everything for me and but i've obviously i've lived in two countries myself so i've had the, the good and the bad you know but i also know that i also know now i'm at an adult stage you know I love the skin that I'm in. And it's all about embracing me. But I am so glad that you as a parent can educate your child and let her know her identity. And I think there's a lot of people with albinism that are struggling with identity, wondering who are who they are. Am I black? Am I white? Am I mixed race? You know, these are things that I will probably would hear they struggled with um, albinism. So, um, a question I would want to ask you as well, Sheena, is um, when it comes down to Caden's visual impairment, does she have all these checkups, like, yearly, or is it, like, 
monthly check us with her eyes? Um, so she's not monthly. She, we just take it to the eye doctors yearly. She gets a new prescription. Mm. Um, so the same with me. I just, I go to the eye doctors yearly and get a uh, checkup and get a new prescription. So yeah. like, I said, like I was saying earlier, the only thing that was an issue at first is because her eyes crossed too and oh, they did, yes and they um they did the surgery on that and now she just goes once a year because the nystagmus is the one that makes the eyes move and shake yeah and obviously with that said sometimes with me when i'm tired um, then the stagnus kicks in and I, and I, I said this to another press of albums and two weeks ago when I done this talk I said look yeah my eyes have mood swings like <laughs> I do, it does like, because sometimes I'm tired and when I want to do my work and they're like my eyes are like oh I can't be bothered today and and I'm just like okay when it's a good day it doesn't affect me as much but when I'm tired or if I'm at work or if I'm doing anything then it decides to be like, oh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shake today. I'm not going to let you do anything today. So um, with the nystagmus, um, some people have it, um, some people have it worse than me because some people look like they've seen, it goes like that, like earth, kind of like you've seen earthquake or you feel shaking, but, um, but I, I am glad that her one can be corrected so i will say this her not stand her, her not statement was very big and um when she was young yeah it would be yeah, it would but, be. It would yeah. Be. but now that she had the surgery with her eyes crossing she might it might bother her when she's tired yeah. but that's not an all the time thing we really don't see that much mm-hmm. other than our segments. No, yeah. Because even even with she taking pictures as well. Because with albinism, it comes with light sensitivity to the eyes as well. Yeah. And one of the things that, another condition that we, me and Caden have is photophobia. And what that is, is when, she, when we take a picture and the camera light flashes in our eyes, and and if you know each any pictures, if you notice any redness in the eye in, in your yeah. eyes, it's because that's called photophobia. Photophobia. And it's actually funny that you said that because I'm big on pictures. So Kaden used to take pictures every month her first year. Mm-hmm. And again, we didn't know until she was six months that she had albinism. So mm-hmm. I used to wonder why her eyes was red. And I yeah. used to get so upset. I'm like, I just paid for pictures and her eyes are red. And then the doctor explained it to me. Yes. It's called photophobia. Like it's where the where the camera flash flash because of the lack of melanin in the back of our eyes. Yes. It's because of that. So if you if you ever see that, please don't be alarmed. It's a condition that all comes with yeah. the package of having albinism. I get that. Even on my wedding day photos, in my pictures, I love the pictures. And then I know it's my eyes look all dilated and red and everything. 
but I love what I'm saying, way. I wouldn't change anything about that. And that's all my husband is like, look, look at this, look at my eyes looking red. <laughs> you might think I'm some kind of like um, zombie or something. No, it's phobia and and another thing that would I could we have multiple. We have like um, the one where I think the big muscle, something like that, is the one where it's when you turn. Sometimes I because my left eye is my weak eye. You see, so I have to turn to the side like this okay. to see to to turn. My right eye is my strongest, but my left eye is my weak. The the vision is lower in my left eye, but my right eye is stronger than my left. So when I turn like this to see you, it's to help me see better. But my right, I don't have to turn. I'll see the object coming. So the left one is like I have to turn but yeah so these are things that you know Kaden may experience with that um do people question her holding things up close um Kaden do people question if you gotta hold things up close do they say anything I hold one like when you're in school no she said no. Like I know no one in our family's ever questioned it. So that was actually a good question. She said That's no. Quite surprising. I'm surprised. Because it's not people make well, questions. She wears glasses. So a lot yeah. of people probably are just assuming it's the glasses. Like I had to hold things like this up close too because of my vision. Yeah, my husband wears glasses and he does it as well. And he does it more than me. So close up to see the small prints. So, yeah. yeah, so it's it's that it's I don't think this really has anything to albinism as well, but it it kind of does in the sense of because our vision is low to the degree. Sometimes I have to hold up if it's really small and I can't see it. Even I have the glasses on, and because of the back of the eyes of detail, grammatically detail is not corrected because of the lack of melanin. I have to hold up things close to see certain things not everything but certain things that like, helps me and see and the thing about it with even though it is she does have the vision problems me her dad her grandparents we all wear glasses so even my son my son has to wear glasses so we yes. all she would have had that issue more than likely yes. anyway, if she so for the people who are listening listen if you wear glasses don't be yeah. ignorant because there's times where the the eyes is not always perfect. And um, I will share this with you that my father-in-law um, has glaucoma and he's legally blind and he has to wear glasses and so forth. And he also he has to um, wear a cane. So you know, um, visual impairment itself is widespread. So not only in the albinism community. And, and, as, and as, as we speak now, October is Blind and Low Vision Awareness or Visual Impairment Awareness Month. Oh, I didn't um, know that. I found out from Noah. I don't know if you've heard of Noah. I have heard of Noah. And when um, I did join Noah when she was mm-hmm. younger, and I actually shared the experience with Noah that I had with the lady when I was in the store with her in the call security. And a lot of people who said they've had those experiences, 
And a lot of people say they had to carry their child's birth certificate on them everywhere to prove that that's their child. And to me, when I heard that experience, I said I would not do that. I'm oh, like, that's, a that's, that's too much. I'm not going to prove that that's my child. Like, I know who I gave birth to. So if you, if someone else doesn't think I gave birth to her, that's your problem. So I was like, I'm not, and I've never carried her birth certificate on me, and I never will. When they actually brought the birth, they actually brought their birth. Oh my god, that's a lot. They said they had certificate, you know. That is a lot. That's a lot. That's 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 oh man. Just to prove the child's documentation and your name and everything. But my thing is the thing that I try to my when I first thought that my first thing is. The person's picture is not on a birth certificate. So you could be pulling out anyone's birth certificate. So that was another thing that I thought like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. So I'm like, so what am I supposed to show matching ID with her birth certificate? I'm like, that's that's doing too much. <laughs> so I actually, I actually <clears throat> haven't logged on to Noah or gotten anything from them. And I would say in about six years mm-hmm. I like I said I really stopped like following them or anything after I heard those comments to me it just didn't make sense wow so mm-hmm. I haven't been in any supportive groups until now for her albinism see you see um oh god that's I'm speechless. Oh my god, sorry. I'm sorry, I need to catch myself up a little bit because birth certificate That's like that. I don't know. That's I don't know what's worse, having adoption papers or or birth certificate. I don't even know what's worse. Yeah. Woo! So we've um with her visual impairment, you know, because most people with albinism um especially when they go through the teenage years you know because i've been through the whole teenage experience are you do you have any concerns about her going into that next stage externally i don't feel like i have any concerns and the reason i don't feel like i have concerns is because i feel like she's gonna be any of a teenage girl i was a teenage girl i actually have a teenage stepdaughter i have Hmm. Um, nieces so it's just like I don't feel like I have any concerns because she's gonna be a normal teenage girl yes sassy um, I actually have a question for you though sure so I saw that you well I heard you just say you were married and yes, I, I am. it's a two part question the first part does your husband have albinism no and okay and then the second thing is and I've always just wondered this because I've seen like people post stuff on like social media. Do you th- find it? Do you find that people with albinism tend to gravitate more to with their mates that have albinism or no? Um, first let me say, okay, my husband is a normal of dark skinned melanin. 
and he doesn't even look at albinism. He doesn't even see that about me. Um, the second part to the question is, um, every PWA is different because some some people some PWAs gravit maybe gravitate to some people and some don't. So it all depends on the person. As okay. for me, um, when I started Yell for Change, I met some people and and I met a guy with albinism and he is in the States as well. And we communicate almost every week. And the moment and he's very he's very particular with people, but it's one of those moments where it's who if it's who you feel comfortable with. That's how okay. I see it. If you're comfortable with a person, then they'll gravitate to you. Okay. Okay. I just always wondered that that's why I would ask. Yeah. It just depends really, because for me personally, I'm a people's person. I am. But I I choose my circle very selectively as well. But it just depends that if I if I feel a nice vibe from you, we can maybe so and so. But it's just not every PWAs have that same mentality because some are very shy, some are timid, some are they, you know, because of the stigma of it. Some people they don't want to um, mix with anyone, so. As I said, it all depends on the person. Okay. Yeah. So how does so you know with your husband like how what was his intake when he first saw Caden? And he re- <laughs> I have to ask this question. We're married women up in here, so it's all right. You know what so- was his reaction when he found out that Caden had albinism? So. Actually, it's funny. So when the doctors, when I had her, when the doctor said, oh, she has blonde hair, he actually called me when I was in the hospital that night because they had to go to work. And he's like, well, ask the doctor that she have albinism. And mm-hmm. when I asked the doctor and they said, no, she just takes that to her dad because as I stated, my husband has like blonde and goldish brown in his hair. So he kind of already thought she was but it's just that the doctors kept saying she wasn't. But he kind of knew then. So instincts told you that Caden has albinism, but the doctors, that's the thing I'm thinking, how can you not know a child? Just because a child, like, you should look close at the eyes as well, not just the hair, the eyes and skin. <laughs> that's so, what I don't understand. Why the doctors didn't clock onto that? And see, and that was the thing I explained to them because me having a child before, I'm like, okay, Kaden, I'm like, usually they're like, oh, she's going to get darker. I'm like, usually the child's ears are already darker. So I'm like, well, her ears aren't darker. I don't think she's going to get darker. And they're like, no, she takes that for her dad. Mm -hmm. And I'm just looking and I'm just like, well, he does have like reddish blonde hair, but neither one of our eyes, her eyes change colors. I'm like, our eyes didn't change colors, nor were they blue or green or gray, because they, like, the first couple months, they change colors often. So, but I, like I said, I asked the pediatrician, and I asked the doctor who delivered her, and they both said she wasn't. And I just found that very strange that his doctors then went to school for years, 
you couldn't say, especially a pediatrician, like, how didn't you know that? Like, I I don't feel bad for not knowing because, again, I wasn't, like, I wasn't brought up around anyone with albinism or, like, we didn't learn anything about this in school. So I don't feel bad that I didn't know. I feel bad that my pediatrician for my child couldn't tell. I felt like I picked the wrong person for my child. And that's why I changed my child. And actually, the pediatrician she's with now, she's been with since then. And she's actually across town, but she's wonderful with her, with both of my kids. And I still take my kids to this day. Amazing. That's the kind of stories that... You know, that really baffled me. Can you not even tell that your child was blonde hair? And you could have got a second, could have got a second opinion then. That would have been, that would have been great on that person's side of things. But it is what it is, you know. You know now that she has albinism. And um, I just want to really encourage you as a parent to keep doing the job that you're doing because you're doing an amazing job, honestly. And 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 then and these are we need parents like you and your husband and other family members and even your community need people like you to educate people that don't know, right, about albinism so they can understand the condition because this condition is misunderstood a lot of it, times. It's misunderstood. Because people look at, okay, you assume that you're white. But in all reality, obviously, albinism can occur in all different races. And one of the problems that we're having is the black race, especially because they can be very ignorant. I'm saying it. I'm talking from experience. I'm a black woman with albinism. I have no shame to, to name and shame black people in a sense of they need to be educated, especially in a sense of, okay, if your your child, say if they present um have a, a child with a deficiency or educate yourself, get yourself knowledge and understand that if you see someone with albinism, you embrace that person, make them feel love and make them feel beautiful because you know, there's a lot of pre- people rather than they have self-esteem issues. They don't have the confidence, like maybe myself or Caden or just other PWAs that I know that are very, like, confident. When I say confident, just they're in their own lane. You're like, wow, where did this confidence come from? You know what I'm saying? So these are things that we got to end educate and one of the four e's is um one of the four e's to um yell for change is is to empower and um and empowering albinism is something okay like to really empower yourself and say look i'm beautiful today doesn't matter how much people would say or, or do just encourage ourselves you know and you know, I know that Katie is going to be something great. You know, she's a future generation of PWAs. And, and I'm so glad that we can do this talk. And yes. and it's worth it because I really want to do more of these talks again. 
with parents. I want to hear more parents side of things. So, yeah. So just to um, conclude this talk, um, conclude this um, interview with you, what message would you send out to parents who are struggling with having a child or children with albinism? What is the message would you send to parents? My message, I would say that children with albinism are no different from you and me. And if you do happen to have a child with albinism, just make sure you let them know that they are still beautiful. They are unique. They are special. There's nothing different. There's They're no different from any other child. You shouldn't want to label a sti- or give them astigmatism that they think they're different and there's something wrong with it because there's nothing wrong with having albinism. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, <clears throat> because we didn't have that much people in the room. Um, I am so glad that this talk is amazing. I had an amazing time speaking with you, Sheeta. Thank you for taking out your time with me on Albinism Talk with Marvelyn and and Caden as well. Thank you both so much for being a part of this talk. And this is a message that we want to really send out to people and 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 just to really reassure that as you said that albinism is beautiful and it's not a it's not a curse as i said it's something to embrace and empower and to really understand that we're just we're no different from you it's just melanin is missing and that's what it is absence of melanin in the skin hair and eyes so i'm so glad today that Albinism talk with Sheeda and Kaden. It's been amazing. And I want to say thank you again for taking time out with me. So, guys, please follow Yell for Change on all social media platforms. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And remember, Yell for Albinism. Together we stand, together we can. Thank you. Much love and God bless you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.